not forget that 2023 has been a unique year for finance. Although organizations and companies celebrated recovery from COVID-19 pandemic, their celebrations were short-lived. Um, companies worldwide found themselves navigating constant market uncertainty, needing to accomplish more with less resources and preparing and continue to prepare for a potential recession. Due to market uncertainty, businesses are treating their budgets with more scrutiny. Preparing for a possible recession means leadership often reduces budgets. Having less of a budget to work with makes it more difficult for finance professionals to accomplish regular tasks while putting them in a position where they must find ways of doing more with less. You know, we often talk about finances and the economy from those that are struggling, from those that depend on the government largest. But we never talk about the economy and finances from the businesses that create these jobs and opportunities. So kind of intuitively, reduced budgets often means more work for finance teams. And there are usually increased requests for reporting across cash flow, operational inefficiencies, and continuous planning. And those planning, the planning, the planning is continuous. So when finance team hours are already maxed out, reduced budgets also mean they're less likely to be able to hire or bring in outside help. Let me, let me start with you, Lois Johnson, um, and for joining us with United Security Financial and Steve Laff and Terry Giles are also with us. You're in the mortgage industry. How has the economy impacted your corporate apparatus? It's impacted my uh, structure really because of the fact that the interest rates have just gone crazy, uh, really high. So that makes it hard for the homeowners, prospective buyers uh, to qualify for loans. And in addition to that, um, wages has gone up as far as hiring uh, professionals to help. So it's the economy um, has really uh, took a toll on my business, mortgage banking. Well, you know, the Fed is forecasting that there will probably be three reductions in interest rates uh, in 2024 alone. What will that mean for the mortgage industry and businesses like yours? It will be great. All the people who were denied because of high ratios and so forth, that will give them another opportunity to come back and try again to get into homes instead of paying excessive rents. You know, Terry, um, welcome back to the broadcast. It's been a long time. It's good to see you. Nice to see you, Armstrong. Been too long. You know, what challenges do you foresee as a global entrepreneur? You have businesses all around the world and especially for small businesses in this current economic climate. And what strategies do you encourage and recommend for people in this new economy that we're in? And just what is this new economy, Terry? Well, let me first say that I believe that the announcements by the Fed of the rate cuts uh, for next year was pretty much all political. I think it's simply a way to try to shore up uh, the current administration into continuing to fool people that the economy is actually doing well, uh, or and it's going to get better. So I don't I don't buy in uh, to the fact that these rate cuts 
are in fact uh, going to be uh, in order to improve the economy as much as I believe it's political. Now, will it help if rates go down? I mean, we went from an economy where our companies could borrow at 2%, and now uh, we get 1.15% above the overnight rate. The overnight rate's just below five and a half. So all of a sudden our borrowing costs tripled in, in most of our enterprises. Inflation is rampant. Anybody who believes that inflation is under control hasn't walked into a grocery store lately. As a result, we've had to give raises to employees uh, because quite honestly, uh, they are suffering uh, a lot of difficulty because of the inflation on things that they need, uh, gas, food, all of the things they need to properly support their families. Uh, we have even uh, instituted a program where besides the raises, we now give them uh, cards, grocery store cards, where they can go in and, and it'll help on their budget from the standpoint of using these cards to buy food. So, so that that will be a way that, that we can assist the families uh, that are with our teams. So the truth of the matter is inflation is rampant. Uh, I don't believe um, that the Fed in cutting rates is because the economy is going to get better. I do not believe that we do not still face the possibility of a real recession. And so we are we are preparing ourselves uh, for a potential difficult second half of 2024 from an economy standpoint. Now, on the other hand, uh, you know, some of our businesses, our hotels in Europe are doing fantastic because everybody was locked down to the, during the pandemic and people are finally saying, look, I'm going to go on vacation with my family, whether I can afford it or not afford it. I'm going to take that vacation we haven't been able to take in the last three or four years. So depending on the business you're in, of course, it, it, it impacts who you are. But from the standpoint of the health of the economy, uh, I have very serious concerns going into 24. You know, I'm going to come back to Lois before I go to Steve. What are your thoughts on Terry's belief that the feds are playing a very manipulative game when it comes to the interest rates and what is truly going to happen versus what they're telling us? If this is true, uh, how dangerous is this uh, when you have your government um, tinkering with something that is, is the very survival uh, for many people in this country, especially when you deal with mortgages and the other kinds of things that you deal you deal with, Lois, in your industry. Okay. First of all, I agree with him in part. I agree that um, the interest rates um, are pretty much controlled by the government. Um, and it is political. Um, if we regress a few years ago, this has happened over and over. Number one, rates were down to like 1%. We were giving out rates 1%. So, you know, they can't go any farther. So uh, it can only last that, that low for so long. So now we have a... Um, election coming up. So this is the time for uh, whoever is in power to do something great. And that is um, 
lower the interest rates, seeing that they've gone up so high and they had to go up. Really, basically, it's it's just economics. What goes up must come down. So rates couldn't go down anymore, so they went up. So, and then they kept going up. And incidentally, rates are not really high. I've been in the industry for some time, so when the rates were 16%. So rates that are six, seven, eight percent for some, it's really not that bad. But they, the rates increase, uh, and now there's an opportunity politically for um, the candidates or whoever is over to bring them down. And they will go. It's election time. They'll go down as low as they can. And it depends on who, as far as I'm concerned, if I base it on the past, then it's going to continue to go down until that election time is over. And it might stay. It depends on what happens with everything that's going on. But I think that the interest rates is controlled by our government. And as far as all the prices that are increasing now that part i'm not real i can't speak to that but i do know that it has really made an impact on the home buyers being able to um have enough money to survive um rental um rental of properties have increased i mean you pay as much rent in some cases more than you could pay on house payment so all that is somewhat controlled. Uh, rent stayed down for quite a while, and you know it has to go up. So it's all controlled politically, I think. Um, so it's really been a hardship of those who were unable to purchase. They couldn't qualify with higher interest rates. Now things have pretty much have really settled down as far as buying homes. So if there's no activity, then, you know, the homes are going to sit there for a while. So they're not going to let that happen. So as soon as this election is all over, it's going to stay like this as far as I'm concerned with my experience in the industry. I've been in the industry for quite a while, and this has happened over and over, and we have the war going on. So eventually those rates will stabilize. They'll go down. Now, what it, it doesn't matter what party is elected, either Democrats or Republicans, rates are going to go down. Real estate is what um, people depend on in the U.S. Nobody can buy, and there's, I mean, you know, there's nothing, nothing there. And you find the investors, they're buying up everything. Steve Laffey. When will the erratic stock market finally recover? And are most Americans safe in their jobs as we enter 2024? Well, the stock market will continue to be massively erratic, I think. Uh, I think your two guests, when we think about what they really pointed out, is that we're dealing with massive corruption. And when you start saying things like the government will do this, the government will do that, and it's all going to be political, most Americans know that. 
The real problem looking forward to next year is the amount of debt that has to be refinanced. It's over $7 trillion. And that's because Danny Yellen and the gang have been running the Fed and the Treasury simply refused to let interest rates get go back to normal for 12 years. So when they created all the inflation in, in 2020 and started sending checks to people in the government, we had the Federal Reserve say there wouldn't be inflation, that it'd be transitory, and then we really had it. And that helped destroy the middle class even further. But looking forward to next year, um, how do we roll over $7.7 trillion of debt? You know, when I made my movie, Fixing America, and we went out and asked people, you know, you have 30-year bonds and one-month bills. What do you think the average duration of the U.S. bonds are? Most people said 15 years. The answer is six. Six. And so Janet Yellen just in engineered a massive rally in treasuries because she simply refuses to issue 10-year, 20-year, or 30-year bonds. So the supply was constricted. But by issuing short Armstrong, we are gonna have a massive problem. Remember this, there's over a hundred trillion dollars held by foreigners, whether it's in Euro bonds or foreign exchange, that's four times our economy. And these things always change quickly on the margin. I think everybody should be worried about the US dollar next year, a hard landing, the Fed cutting rates, but yet, we're at the end of the game because simply stated, the debt is too big. Last year, fiscal year, the interest on the debt grew as the fastest line item in our budget to $680 billion, up $180 billion. Several years ago, it was $250 billion. It's going to be a trillion dollars. And I would submit to everybody listening, the Fed can only control the short-term interest rates. At some point, everybody's going to look around, and I think it's going to be next year, and say, I don't want to hold U.S. dollars, and I don't want any U.S. treasuries that are 10 years or 7 years or 12 years or 30 years, and you're going to have a real problem. The one we've been avoiding for too long, Armstrong. You know, you know Terry, it is, it is interesting. We always think about the U.S. economy and the impact that these policies like the Treasury and our government has on everyday Americans and their economy, but there are decisions that are made in foreign markets in Europe and China and around the world that equally has an impact on the American economy, particularly when Steve just talked about a lot of those who hold our debt. Talk about how that would play out and also speak to more and what Steve was sharing with us, because listen, there are a lot of things that we don't cover on these platforms that Americans should be very wary of because there are many people of the mindset that seen this over and over again don't think it's going to get any better in this year we're in now 2024. And matter of fact it could probably get worse and why could it get worse Terry? Well what Steve's talking about is absolutely accurate. I think probably the thing that scares me the most is if at some point the U.S. dollar is no longer the world's reserve currency. That has saved us and allowed us to create all the debt we have without looking uh, like we have an economy that you might have in Brazil, for instance, where inflation is you know over 100% from time to time. 
And I believe that China, Saudi Arabia, a number of folks, especially those that produce and those consume oil, would like to see oil traded in a different currency than the U.S. dollar. And if that actually ever takes place, and I think it's it's looking more dangerous all the time, we could find ourselves in a position where the dollar is no longer the reserve currency. And when that happens, turn off the lights. Mm. I'm telling you, we are in deep, deep trouble. And there's not many countries that can afford or would be willing to come to our rescue on that basis. And the way we have handled our uh, global policies, it has been um, as incompetent as we have handled the economy. And by the way, I'm not just speaking about the Democratic Party. I'm not a fan of this administration by a long ways. But I'll tell you, with the Republicans, when the Republicans are in power, they don't seem to do the right thing either. It is incompetence on a high level in the United States from everything from global politics to economics. We do not have the best and brightest leading this country any longer. And that is a that is a tragedy. The other major thing that I'm that I believe is is really dangerous is commercial real estate. Because of the crimes in the city, because of vacancy rates. Uh, I was on a call with Goldman Sachs the other day, and they were saying that the vacancy rate in New York would fill up three Empire State buildings. A lot of commercial property is going to reprice. Uh, loans on these properties are going to reprice in 24 and 25. And even if they lower rates, literally what these companies are paying for mortgages on these big, giant, high-rise buildings is going to double or triple their interest rates, and at the same time, they have high occupancy rates. Now, who that's gonna hurt the most are the regional banks and the insurance companies. And I don't know if anybody's paying attention to what's happening to their insurance rates, but the insurance companies right now in America are raising rates across the board, preparing themselves for the commercial reset, commercial building reset that's gonna happen in 24 and 25 that I think is gonna be a monster problem. It won't impact us like 2008 because the commercial real estate hits certain markets, but regional banks can fail and that can hurt people. Higher insurance, no matter whether it's life insurance, medical insurance, whatever it might be, higher insurance rates are gonna be another bite out of everybody's pocket. So domestically, I worry about, one of the things I worry the most about is this commercial property, what I'll call the commercial property reset and globally, it's doing things that are moving us closer and closer to putting our position as the world's reserve currency in jeopardy. You know, Lois, you know, I've got to come back to you to talk about the commercial real estate rates, but to also ask you, which is equally important, will the HELOC rates go down in, 20, in this year, 2024? And why is that important? sure about the HELOC. It, it's not in place that much right now. Um, basically, we have, um, as I indicated before, rates are really not that high, but they're higher than what most people are used to. So the HELOC may come back, but it's not that, it's not out there right now that much. But as far as the interest rates are concerned, 
I, I think that rates will go down. Um, and as far as the investors in other countries and what their economy is, how their economy is limited, what I can see in the real estate industry, I can see the uh, investors in other countries are buying real estate here in the U.S. So in as much as our currency might be going down, but uh, the other investors in other countries are pouring money into the country for programs in which they can loan to Americans so that they can um, get home ownerships. And the rates are tremendously high, but um, the Americans are, buy are taking it. And they are, in addition to giving money to uh, the lenders to finance these homes, they're steady calling, you know, uh, for homeowners to sell their properties too. So, but as far as the rates, how how they're going to handle the payments on these programs is, you know, kind of undecided. At one time, you know, uh, years ago, back in the 60s, they had um, an adjustable interest rate with the negative amortization. And we got through that. Um, of course, no money went to your principal balance. And at really the interest rate uh, was that didn't cover the loan. Basically, it went on to the principal balance of the loan. But it did change. So as far as the HELOC, the adjustable rates, I really can't speak to that because that has not taken place yet. Uh, Steve, are you concerned that gas prices, food prices, essential prices is going to spike again? I just don't know how much more Americans can bear. I mean, and then we have this massive invasion of immigrants in this country that is overwhelming major municipalities that we're having to take care of. Even, even remember last year, even places like New York and Boston have pushed back on the administration saying you've got to get this immigration under control. It is having a massive impact, what, on their voters. And only when it affects them being elected or reelected do they become concerned because it affects their bottom line, staying in power. Yes, and, and the first to Terry's point, to Lois's point, when you talk about, like, last February 1st, when I started to run for president, I said it's going to be a financial crisis. It happened in March. And what happened? The Fed opened its window, went from quantitative tightening to quantitative easing, easing, and they stopped it for about a year. But this March, because people who borrow money for these kind of projects don't have 30-year fixed interest rates. They go seven years. They have to reset a lot next year. It's 20-year amortization. It's going to be at a much higher rate. Small businesses in the middle class survive are refinancing at 9 and 10%, not 4 and 5%. These are tragic numbers going forward. And it's all because in 2008, we decided, not me, not you, the Fed and a Republican administration decided to bail out the banks, the airlines, everybody, and we set forth on 12 years of zero interest rates rather than having a normal economy. It's been totally deformed. So 
Am I worried about oil? Of course, we're always worried about oil. The Red Sea closes. If, but the great news is that America is now the swing producer in oil. And if we could just get rid of Joe Biden and his gang and get back to producing 15, 16, 17 million barrels a day, we wouldn't have to care about it or, shower, or send it out of our country. We have massive natural gas, massive energy. So that's one really positive point. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.